Amen. Amen. Have you ever uh, met a person that maybe you saw their picture, maybe you see their Facebook profile or, or something, you see a picture of them, and then uh, you kind of get in your mind probably who this person is, what they like, what they don't like. You, got, you know what they dress, you know what they look like. But then you meet them and you hear them talk, and you're like, wait a minute, that don't match. Their voice and their picture don't match. You ever had that happen before? You know, uh, we had family up over uh, the New Year's, and my uh, uh, sister-in-law works for a radio station. We were talking about uh, the, the radio host on this Christian radio station. And, and, you know, you hear their voice, and you get this mental image of what you think radio people look like, right? And it sounds like a young, uh, like my mother-in-law was saying, the lady sounds like a, a young blonde lady. Well, one, how do you sound blonde? Like, how, does it, how do you sound like a redhead? How do you sound like a blonde? How do you sound like a brunette? How do you sound bald? Like, I mean, how do you sound like hair color? But that's just, just you, you hear the people on the radio, you get this mental image, and then you see them, which we've seen these radio people before, and you're like, I never thought she was an older, redheaded lady. Well, how do you picture sound to image? And so sometimes, uh, you know what I'm talking about this morning? Sometimes what you see doesn't what match what you think, right? Uh, and that happens. I had that happen this week. I had a young uh, pastor I was calling to uh, get to know, and I saw their profile picture on Facebook, and I called him, and, you know, uh, he, he was, uh, of, of his parents were foreign, you know, and so I expected, you know, him to sound not American. Well, then here's this southern accent on the other end of the phone. I'm thinking, here's a picture, here's a voice. It's just, this is not, something's wrong here. I got the wrong person. And uh, sometimes what we think about a person is not always true. Uh, what do people think when they see your life? What do people think when they see your life? Are they seeing truth? Uh, what does your life represent? And what does it confirm about you and what you believe? What does your life resonate? Does what people see in you echo who you really are? Sometimes they could look at a person, we can look at a person, we could say, wow, they're this awesome, awesome Christian, but on the inside, man, they are just as messed up as anybody else, and they're hiding all these secret sin. Sometimes people may look at us, and they see the track record of your former life, and they can see all the black marks, and all the hot checks you've written, and all the people you've gossiped about, and all the things you've done back then, but they don't see who you are really now. And so sometimes what we think about a person is not always true. You know, in the past, we've all had parts of our stories we may not be proud of, and others may look at you today and assume certain things about you. And maybe it's bad and maybe it's good, but on the inside, you and God know who you really are. And if your road and your story is not what you wanted it to be, today Jesus Christ offers you and I a new beginning and a new end. Every Christian today has this great opportunity we have a great opportunity to end well, to finish well, to be faithful and true. But what that requires of us is to allow God's word to take resident in our hearts. Jesus provides the opportunity, but today you and I have a choice to make what our life appears to be, be what it really is. We have an opportunity today to be who we are on the outside and on the inside, and no matter what our previous life says about us, Everything God says about us can be true, and my life can demonstrate it. Everything God says about you and says in His Word, our life should agree with, and our life should say amen to. Uh, you know, that's a funny word, amen. What does that mean? Uh, the first thing I think about when I think about the word amen is, uh, hey, start eating, 
right? You just assume, amen. All right, now dig in. That's what we normally have. That's what you say amen for. That's what the word means, right? It's the, it's the beginning of eating. For most people in America, amen means go. And some of us, we have to repent because we've already started eating before somebody else said amen. But amen, what does it mean? We're going to talk this morning about the amen life. So here we go. Somebody say amen. All right. It's something we say. Is it just a word? Man, as a Pentecostal pastor, spirit-filled pastor, pastors love what we used to call the amen corner. Anybody ever heard of that before? The amen corner. I know when my, and we have a verb for it, or an adverb, or a noun, uh, ameners. I know when my ameners are not in church because they're a lot more quiet, right? And so I notice when those certain people are gone, and we love our amen corner because I know, man, this guy's going to amen me, and this lady's going to amen me. I like my ladies on the front row here uh, because they say amen. But, you know, it's one of the most uh, popular words in, around the world. If you go overseas, people say amen because it's, uh, it's not their language. Amen is going to be amen in every language. And uh, when you go to China, they're going to say amen. And so we all say it, but how many people really know what it means? It's one of the most widely used words, but few know what it means, even... In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 16, Paul tells his congregation, he says, uh, in a sum, be careful what you're saying amen to, because he says, I want you to understand what the speaker is speaking and totally get it before you say amen to it. Why? Because you could be saying amen to false doctrine. You could be saying amen to the, uh, the whims of the world. And let me tell you what amen really means. And when I'm going to break it out from Old Testament to Jesus to New Testament, because there's a very powerful truth in this word, amen. The word amen is this. It actually means truth. It means truly. It means indeed. It means so be it. In fact, it means to uh, believe something or someone. So if I say amen, it means I believe what you're saying is true. And not only do I believe it, but I adopt it as truth for myself. So we say amen. And so it means true, indeed. Let it be so. Uh, if you go back to the Old Testament, most often it's talking about adopting for yourself what's been said by another. We can be things like affirming praise to the Lord. Uh, say, Lord, so be it. And so whether, whether it's a, a prayer or a praise or a sermon, it means uh, the R.C. Sproul, uh, he, he's a great theologian. He just recently passed away. He said, it means you acknowledge what has been said, that it's true and binding. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you three types of amens today. The ratifying amen, the res, uh, restoring amen, and the resonating amen. And don't have to worry about memorizing that because that's just ways for you to remember where I'm going. There's the ratifying amen, and that's all about the Old Testament. Uh, and it's all about your story and my story. And this ratifying amen uh, is found where we look in the theology of Scripture in the Old Testament. Uh, have you ever had to admit something about yourself? that maybe wasn't good. Uh, we do this uh, quiz sometimes. Uh, I've done it over, uh, over the years with the leadership teams and where we take this personality and you've got to figure out who you are. Uh, and it's something about finding out who you are, what you're like. And, you know, it, it was a hard thing for me growing up to realize uh, who I am. There might be traits about yourself that maybe you've had to admit to someone else before. Maybe you got married and your spouse, you had to admit, man, I really am that way. I do snore at night. That's kind of hard to admit because you don't want to believe you're the snorer in the room. But there's sometimes we have to admit things. Maybe I am that way. Maybe I am a little on edge when it comes to these things. And when we grow up, we see these things about ourselves. But here's the, the crucial part. Uh, it's so important 
to know who you are. And these four amens in the Old Testament, there's four amens, and they, can, they all agree with uh, praise. They, some of them will say praise to the Lord is one. One's going to say I agree with prophecy. The other one's going to say I agree with the characteristics of God. And so that's the first three. Uh, and for instance, Psalms 106, verse 48 says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. And so they say, Amen to who God is. So it would be a prayer, a prophecy, or characteristics of God. And they say, hey, that's true. Amen. God is that way. Yes, amen. I believe that word. Amen. Yeah, you're praising God. Hey, I echo that. That's true. May it be so. Let it be. I adopt that as truth for my life. But the first way... A man is used in his Numbers chapter 5. Let me tell you this. In Numbers chapter 5 is the first time a man is used in Scripture, and it's used to receive a curse. All right? So here's what happened. In Numbers chapter 5, a husband might be thinking, man, I'm kind of sure my wife is cheating on me. And so here's what he, he would do. He would take his wife, he'd go to the priest, he'd bring an offering, goes to the high priest, and he would say, hey, I think my wife's cheating on me, and we're going to do a test, okay? We don't do this anymore. I don't have, it's just kind of be weird. But if we did, anyway, he would go to, the, go to the tabernacle, take his wife, they would take some dirt off the tabernacle floor, mix it with holy water for a little concoction, and the priest would pray a curse. He would say, if you have committed adultery on your spouse... May your womb shrivel up, may your abdomen swell, and may you get sick. And you know what she would have to say? Amen. Woo. And then she would drink the muddy water, which was bitter water, and if she was guilty, it would be so. But if she was innocent, nothing would happen. Aren't you glad we don't do that today? Amen. You know, I'm going to go out back, get some rainwater off the roof, get some dirt out of the uh, pond out back. Hey. If you think your spouse is cheating on you, we're going to drink some little muddy water up here on a Sunday morning. No, we don't do that anymore. Thank the Lord. But she said, amen. Why? Because she was pronouncing, if there was guilt on their life, let it be so. If there was innocence on our life, may it be so. And so this amen was accepted and cursed. You see it again in Deuteronomy chapter 27. Moses gives out the Ten Commandments, and he says, hey, but if you don't do this, he says this, curse be uh, he that doesn't honor his father and mother. And all the people had to say, amen. So think about this. Amen is let it be so. That is true. And uh, God in these moments was judging the matters of the person's heart, figuring out, who they were, who they were was going to come to light. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I really wasn't a cool kid. And in fact, I hated my high school career. Uh, I was a good kid, A plus and all that kind of stuff and a good church kid. And, and I was messed up on the inside, but nobody knew it. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't athletic. I was really scrawny. If you think I'm scrawny now, I was really, really scrawny then, you know, like uh, 140 wet, you know, like, I mean, I was really, really tiny. And uh, never did athletics and all that kind of stuff. So I really didn't like it. I didn't have a whole lot of friends because I was trying to be a good Christian kid. And uh, all the people we hung out with were really vulgar and stuff like that. So my high school career was not one of those fun things I look back on. So when I went to college, I had it in my head. I would try to be different. You know, like, hey, this is a new beginning. All my friends are gone. It's a new place. I can be who I want to be. Uh, but, you know, little did I know uh, who I was would still keep coming out because I got to this ministry, go to get involved in a new church, a new place. And, you know, in college, they don't have the cliques that you used to have in high school. Nobody cares if you're a jock or a prep and all that kind of stuff goes away. Thank the Lord. And for all those of you high school kids. 
And so I go there, but, and I try to be different, but soon enough, man, people just begin to label you as who you were. And I found out even if I tried to be outgoing, it just didn't really come out. And, and the people who I hung around with, while well, I love them and they're great Christian people, man, they just begin to put these labels on me. And I felt like I was stuck. This is a personal thing I'm confessing this morning. I felt like I was stuck with this label of who Heath Harris was. Well, I had to get okay with being who I was. I really confessed to myself, it's okay. You're not outgoing. You're, you're shy. You're not athletic. It's okay. That's okay, right? I had to say kind of amen to myself and be like, and like that. You know, someone, uh, maybe today we're struggling with who we really are, and maybe who we are on the inside is not who we want to be. And, you know, we can try to appear a different way before God, but God knows who we really are. And just like in this, this passage of Numbers 5 and Deuteronomy 27, there is no hiding there is no negotiating from the word of God. And on one hand, you're going to, we can say amen to all the glorious traits of God, his mercy, his, uh, his goodness, his favor, his praise, his glory. We can say amen to that. But on the other hand, here's what happens in our life. We have to come to a place where we admit who we really are before a holy and awesome God. These people had to admit, yes, I am an adulterer. Let it be so. Yes, I am a failure in that area. Let it be so. And every single one of us today has been found guilty by the law. This stood as a curse, as a reminder that we would find out the inner workings of every person on the wor- in the world to say it is going to be found out one day or another, whether it be today before God or on that last day before God. We will all stand before a holy God if we stand apart from Jesus Christ and say, Amen. Because the pronouncement's going to be made. Are you an adulterer? Are you a liar? Are you a cheat? Are you a swindler? Are you a, a gossip? Amen. 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 Isn't that kind of sad and horrible? At the same time, there stands in my life an amen after every sin. Because it's true. Heath Harris is not a good person. Amen. Heath Harris had hate in his heart. Amen. He there has had lust in his heart. Amen. I had pride in my heart. Amen. There stands a truth that says this is final. This is finished. There is no escaping from who you really are before a holy and awesome God. The law had condemned us all. And what we come to this place with this ratifying amen, it's just, it's just pronouncing truth. And it says this, that God is right and I am wrong. Amen. Amen. God is right. I am wrong. Amen. So has it ever seemed like that in your life? Maybe there are things in your life that couldn't be undone. There are feelings you couldn't unfeel, words you couldn't unsay, thoughts you couldn't unthink, actions you couldn't undo. There are things that are finite, that it happened, and it's true. We failed. We fell short of the glory of God. Maybe it's what people have said about you. Maybe there comes a moment in our life we say, man, I don't think there's hope. I don't think there's healing. I don't think there's an escape from this. My sins define me. People have defined me. Where I am is who I am. Amen. That's the status of, we, of all of us before God. God is good. I am bad. Amen. We come to a time in the New Testament. Let me tell you about this. So that's the ratifying amen. Now we've got the restoring amen. Well, who I was in college really didn't change at all. 
Uh, but what happened is I began to encounter God, and through God, my whole personality, my whole demeanor, my whole outlook on life, everything changes. Unfortunately, I did not get more athletic, but I got more bold, <laughs> and I got more outgoing. And in the beginning, we find Jesus encountering us in the New Testament. Jesus steps on the earth, and he does something that no one else has done before. Before a man was on the end of a sentence, it pronounced the goodness of God. It is true. It pronounced the guilt of your sin. It is true. And Jesus comes, and he flips the world upside down. And he does it through the word amen. Watch this. In, in the New Testament, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 58. In the New Testament, Jesus uses the word amen like no one else before him. He uses it dozens, over 70 times, dozens of times. But instead of at the end of everything he said, Jesus placed the amen at the beginning. Why? At the beginning. He never uses it at the amen. At, or, uh, only a few times at the end, but mostly at the beginning of his sermons. We know it this way. Verily, verily, I say unto you. How many people? King James. Verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say unto you. You know what that translates to? Amen, amen, I say unto you. Why did he do that? Because we don't start our lunch prayers off that way, right? Because if you said amen, amen, people would be just, they wouldn't even wait for your prayer to be finished. They'd just start eating lunch, right? So verily, verily, I say unto you, it means amen, amen. John uh, eight fifty eight. Amen, amen, I say unto you, before Abraham I came to be, I am. Jesus did not wait to echo amen and wait for other people to agree with what he said. Normally, remember, I say a truth, you respond with a amen, all right? That's an echo, right? You respond, I say a truth, you respond with truth, amen means truth, amen. Jesus didn't wait for anybody to respond, why? Because everything he said was 100% true. He didn't need a single person's approval on his statements, when he said it, he says, I'm going to tell you something before I even say it. I don't need you to agree with it or not. I'm going to say, amen, oh man, this is true, this is true. Guess what? Boom. Whether you like it or not, this is true. Jesus didn't need an amen crowd. He didn't need anybody's affirmation. He didn't need anybody's applause. Uh, so Jesus comes on, and, and even the prophets, if you go back to the Old Testament, they would say, thus saith the Lord. Jesus never does that. Why? He was God. He said, he didn't say, thus sayest me. He says, amen, amen. What I'm about to say is true. I am God with you. I'm Messiah, whether you believe it or not. He even goes so far in Matthew 5, he comments on some Jewish Old Testament traditions that were added on to Scripture. And he says things like this. You've heard it was said it this way, but I tell it this way, right? He began to correct things. R.C. Sproul said it this way. He said, it's kind of like uh, when you hear the captain come on the announcement, like if you ever flown an airplane before, it's like, this is the captain speaking, right? I have an important announcement. Today. What do you do? Hold on, listen up, we might be about to die, right? I mean, that's what you think. You think, okay, this is about to be important. Put it down in the movies, the DVD players, touch your phone off. The captain is on the radio. We want to know what he's saying, right? And so when Jesus comes on the scene, he says, amen, amen. He's about to say something important that's about to change your life. It's not something you have to know, agree with or not, but it's going to be truth. Now watch what he says. I'm going to give you some scripture through John. 
So amen, amen before was a ratifying amen. It were pronounced, yes, God is good, and yes, I am bad. But Jesus comes and he says, I'm changing what was on the end before. I'm going to a new beginning. I'm starting something new. Now, before I speak, I'm saying amen, amen. And John 8, 58 says, amen, amen. I tell you, before Abraham came to be, I am. Amen, amen. I say to you, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen, amen, I say to you. Whoever hears my word, believes in the one who sent me, has eternal life, and I will not condemn them, but have passed them from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Amen, amen, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And last one, amen, amen. I say to you, the hour is coming and now is here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Amen. When Jesus said amen, amen, you know he meant it. These verses are not just some verses. This is the word of God speaking out. And he's saying this is true. So think of it this way. Amen is binding. And when sin cursed you, it was definite. It was true. You and I were going to die. Somebody say amen. amen. But Jesus comes to do something new. Now watch this. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 14, what does it call Jesus? Revelations 3, 14, it says, Jesus is the amen. He is the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, somebody, it's about to be good in here. He became, Jesus becomes the great amen for us. When amen before had been a pronouncement of gift on, uh, in, uh, guilt on your life, Jesus flips the whole world upside down, and what was final, what was complete, what was finished, what was the nail on your coffin, the end mark on your life was true, it was done. You are guilty before a holy God. God is good. You are wrong. Jesus comes and says, hold on a minute. Let me do something new. I'm going to take the amen off of the end, and I'm going to begin to rewrite something. I'm going to put it on the beginning, and Jesus becomes, the revelation says, it says, he is the Amen. He is the true one. What was so bad on your life, what was finished and infinite, what was done, couldn't be undone, Jesus makes all things new. Everything he began to do began to rewrite things in your life. For instance, all the law that had been wrote against you, Jesus begins to break the curse of sin. He rewrites who you really are. So now you can say, I am born again. I am alive in Christ. I'm a child of the Most High God. Jesus is the great amen. Somebody say amen. amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says it this way. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ are amen, which means yes, and ascends to God for his glory. Everything is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? So good is our God that when I come to him, I can understand, God, there was a definite guilt in my life. There were things that could not be undone. My reputation, my thought life, my behavior pattern, Lord, my, my guilt and shame stood there. There was an amen, a pronouncement. That was true. 
And God, I don't want to live that way anymore. God, I want to have that mark on my life. Jesus steps in and says, let me put the amen from the end of your life now on the beginning. I'm going to tell you some things that are new. I'm going to give you some new truths over your life. And so when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. Today, who you are can be undone. What has been final in your life doesn't have to be. And every promise, every blessing, every security in Christ, every peace, every comfort, every forgiveness that he promised can be yours because Jesus is the amen you needed. He became the amen you needed. That's good, y'all. I don't know about you. I was shouting when I wrote this. He became the amen I needed. It was done. It was finished. My life was spotmarked. It was black record all over me. But yet, I couldn't undo it. It was final. When Jesus steps down, he uses amen like nobody else. He puts a beginning on my life. And then what? The ratifying amen told me who I was and who God was. The, uh, the new amen, the rebirth, the uh, uh, restoring amen from Christ begins to write new things and adopts me into the family of God. And he begins to tell me a truth that can remake my life. And so then what? The resonating amen is the last one. The resonating amen. You know, my cousin has this parrot. Uh, and when you walk in the house, it'll say, hello, you know, or, you know, if phone's ringing, it can mimic the phone, right? Anybody have a parrot? One person. That's because we all know what parrots are like. No, uh, <laughs> Yeah, because they, they answer the phone, and you can see on the news that there was this parrot in, on this like UPS or FedEx worker. You hear this on the news. were going up to drop a package off, and they heard somebody saying, help me, help me, help me, help me. Call 911, come to find out it was the parrot on the inside trying to get out, right? So they mimic it. It's an echo of what they've already learned. And they have this thing in counseling called parrot talk, which that's not a popular term now. We call it active listening. So, you know, Miss Evelyn would be telling me her problems, and what do I do? I say, so what you're saying is, blah, 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 and she says, well, okay, yeah, that's what I was saying, and we begin to active listen back. I repeat what she says to me back. That's how we psychologists make millions of dollars right there. That's what they do. That's all they learn how to do in school is repeat what you just said, and so uh, all of our life today, when I read and hear Scripture, what I look at Scripture and say now is I say, yes, that promise is true because of Jesus Christ. So my resounding response to that word should be, amen. When I see it, it's that, yes, that's true. Yes, that's the response because of Jesus Christ, the great amen. I can say amen to that. There are six amens. There's four in the Old Testament. Six amens in the New Testament. They're exactly the same on two conditions different. One, yes, we can say amen to prophecy still. Yes, we can say amens to praise. Yes, we can say amen to the characteristics of God still. We can say amens to sermons still. And Paul begins to uh, write, and he uses the word amen all the time. But there is one thing we don't see in the New Testament with the word amen, and that is accepting the curse anymore. Praise the Lord. There is no curses that we say amen to as believers in Jesus Christ. Are you understanding me this morning? What was done in the Old Testament was done, but when Jesus puts amen on the beginning of your life, there's no longer any curse. 
You don't have to say amen to, oh, yes, I know I'm a sinner. Oh, yes, I know I'm upset. Oh, yes, I'm a gambler. I'm an addict. I'm a drunkard. No, 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 no. We don't say amen to those types of things any longer. Jesus has made all things new. No more curse on your life. No more pronouncements of death. No more slander. No more accusation. Jesus silences it all because he's the amen you needed. Now, now in the New Testament, the only way we use amen is to confirm the blessings of God on your life. When Paul writes his, opens his verse, he says, Grace and peace to you, our glorious God, our Father. Amen. And when he closes the chapter, he writes, May all these things be done to your life. May we give glory to God. Amen. He begins to open and close his life now because he knows, even Paul says, I was a murderer. I was a religious elitist. I was a swindler. I would have had all these things wrong in my life, and there was a pronouncement of guilt. But guess what? Jesus is a reason for me to have a new beginning and a new end. Jesus rewrites your story today. And no matter what's been done in your life, you have a new beginning and a new end to your story because Jesus is the restoring amen, the great amen. What does this mean for you today? You and I have the opportunity to end well. We have the opportunity to finish well, but that means we've got to truly follow and echo the word of God. See, my life now as a Christian should be an echo, like that parrot. I should be echoing what Jesus said and what he did. Because it's not just about uh, the amen life that we're talking about this morning. The amen life is not something that we can just say uh, amen to. Because you know what? Amen does not merely just mean I believe what you say. Amen means truth. Because if I was just saying amen because I believe what you say, that would lead me to be the interpreter. You might be saying something true or not. I don't want to agree with it, so I just don't say amen. That's not how amen works. Amen is echoing what is truly true. It's, it's, it's a pronouncement of truth. And so it's not about interpretation of truth. It's about what is true. And so when you, you hear truth of God and who God is and truth of sin and who sin is and truth of Jesus, there has to be an amen. It is an affirmation of us to say, yes, I give glory to God. I'm bound by that truth. That is true, and it binds me to that. Whether I believe it or agree with it or not, there's an amen on every praise of God. There's an amen over every sin. It says it's true. It's true. Well, so if amen is not about whether you believe it or not, the amen life now is my life after Jesus Christ. It means that my life should be an echo, just like the echo. If I were to shout in a tunnel, my voice would just naturally carry. That parrot naturally uh, responds to what's been told. Just like that in the Word of God, the amen life, it's not a self-focused life. It's not a life that's just in word only. We could just spot off Christian uh, lyrics and not live it. But because the amen naturally echoes truth, the Christian life should naturally echo Christ. That means that my life should just be a natural response to who Jesus is. I don't have to try to live this life. I don't have to try to be better and try to because I can't. I can't. But as the Holy Spirit begins to take me over and allow me to, and I allow the Holy Spirit to respond to the truth of Jesus Christ, then Christ just comes out of me. 
You understand this morning that the Holy Spirit is here to help you today respond. That's all the Christian life is. It's a response of worship to a God who made all things new in your life. It is not a life where you try to work good enough to earn favor. It's not a life where you try to do good enough to get into heaven or please the congregation around you or be good enough to win Pastor Heath's Christian of the Year approval reward. We don't do all that. Your life is a response. It's an echo to truth that Jesus Christ has made me new. He's made me new. He makes all things new. Everything God says, my life should agree with. Somebody say amen. amen. And everything that is God has done and Christ did, my life should be in agreement with. So you today, the amen life is simply this. You are to be the amen after the great Amen, Jesus Christ. You are to be the amen. Man, don't you just want to, I mean, you know that you ever notice like up in heaven, man, the angels are just naturally, naturally, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're covering their eyes. They're flying. Everybody's bowing down. It's happening over and over again. Why? It's a natural response to who he is. Sometimes in my life, there's junk, there's mess, there's dirty water from the guilt of the sin in my life. It has made my life sick because I know there's sin in there and I've been taking it in and, and there's just things that don't say right, things that don't do right, things that don't act right. But I need the Holy Spirit, the living water to come and flush me out, cleanse me out because I don't want any, anything in between me and worshiping my God in spirit and in truth. That I, there's nothing in between us. That there's nothing, uh, if you were to put a wall between somebody uh, and their voice to echo out across, like if I was to yell out right now, and try to echo outside in the, in the, uh, in the driveway or the, the parking lot. It wouldn't happen. Why? There's a wall here. There's something blocking the echo, right? I want my life to say, God, get everything out of me that I can just give you glory and glory and glory. Romans 12.1 tells us, Be uh, by the mercies of God, present your body, living, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service, your act of worship. Does your life... Echo Christ. Does your heart, does your mind, does your body, does your hands, your feet, do they echo Christ? Just as amen is the response we hear to when someone blesses the Lord, does your life cause other people to say amen to Christ? See, if Miss Evelyn right now was to jump up and give a praise to God, what would I do? I'd say, amen. Why? Because I want to echo that truth, praise the Lord in her life. I should be praising amen for you because that's true. God's done something in Chris's life and Nathan's life and Phyllis's life. God's done something in your life, and so let's all say amen together. Let's echo who God is, what he's done for you and what he's done for me. And so now when the world looks at you, and maybe you're that person with a track record as long as a mile, and, and we, go to, we live in a smaller area, maybe you, you people who know who you are, how do you get out of that? How do you get out of the reputation of who you once were? Well, you start echoing Christ and people start saying amen because they see Christ living in you. Somebody say amen. 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 Your life may not have the beginning you wanted. You may have been labeled by your sin. Things may feel like they are finite, finished, whether it be that marriage, that reputation, that family, that job. 
that relationship. You may feel today like the nails are in the coffin on your situation. You know, and today, if any of you would pass away today, and if I was to give your sermon or your eulogy and do your sermon, you know, the last word I'm going to say before they put you in the ground is amen. But aren't you glad that nobody in this world, not even the angels in heaven, not the devil himself, not even Pastor Heath has the final amen in your life? Jesus Christ is your amen. He's your amen. Revelation 7.11 said it this way, And all the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders, around the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne that worshiped God. They were saying... Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.